Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Good evening, everyone. This is Marty Oakley. and This is the TS Radio Network. And tonight, of course, is focused on guardianship abuse, and our guest, Liz Rizzo, will be joining us in about 10, 15 minutes, which is okay because we have some things to cover first. Co-hosting with me, of course, is Kaz Scaife. Say hi, Kaz. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's working today. Oh, my gosh. That's so awesome. I'm excited to be here. We're going to have a great great night. Yes. I want to respond. I've gotten several emails. We did that show uh, where we talked about the uh, free bill, about free Britney and all of this, and what was my problem with it. So I'm going to go over this one more time for the people in the cheap seats. Listen here. This is not a bill. It's just basically a statement of what has gone on. There is no crime cited in this. There is no enforcement made available. There is nothing to uh, signify who would commit, you know, uh, would do the enforcement. There is no law being cited as being violated. There is nothing. This was a piece of pure fluff and buff. I know some people are starstruck that they talked to Senator Chris about big freaking whoop. This this was a bitch slap. That's all it was. This is even worse than the 2019 Elder Justice and Protection Act that didn't do justice and afforded no protection and, in fact, ramped up the the war on the elderly. I Please, people, when these bills come out, read something more than the title. Read the actual text. I know it's a headache, but read the actual text. And then ask yourself, what crime would be prevented or committed, according to this bill? What would be the enforcement of the crime? Who, In other words, who would prosecute it? How would it be charged? Who would bring that prosecution? And what the penalty would be. And if you note in this six-page piece, piece of crap, none of those things are there. All it does say is that uh, conservatives should be able to petition to be released, and that's all up according to a judge. So you're right back where you started. and But the rest of it is absolutely six pages of zero, nothing, nothing. If I was you, I would read it for yourself and then write Mr. Christ a letter 
and tell him how you appreciate him trying to pull the wool over your eyes yet again. So for those of you who think, I'm just complaining, and you'll take what you can get, you got nothing. Are you happy with that? Okay, you got me? You got nothing. So, but, you know, now it's going to be paraded around. I talked to Chris, and he assured me, and, and we're good friends, and now I have a, you know how this crap goes. Uh, you know, I'm so special that even God stopped and had coffee with me. Anyway, um, Kazi, it is time for <laughs> the Hog Report. The Hog Report. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So yeah. this week, this week's Hog Report is on the Ambulance Chaser Glory Hog. That's a thing. There's actually, if you Google that, that on the Google and the article, they called it a glory hound, but there's an actual article on this. So I'm going to teach everybody about the ambulance chasing glory hog. They're also called opportunists. And what they do is they look for crisis. And they say, when they see the crisis, how can I use this situation to promote myself? They don't think about how can I, they're not true leaders. They don't think about how can I help somebody how can I make this better how can I alleviate suffering no they look at this and think how can I use this situation to promote myself they also like taking advantage of others misfortune so when you you know see these crises come up it's other people having bad things happen to them and that is an opportunity for the ambulance chasing glory hog they like to, the, you'll see them um, in the article, it talked about like if the news cameras are rolling and they're doing like the, the reporters standing there, they're the ones who are going to make sure that they are walking behind the reporter, making sure that their face will be seen on television. They're the ones at a protest that will be at the very front holding up a big sign, making sure everyone can see me, 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 me. You know, that is the ambulance chasing glory hog using situations and wanting to hang out, as the article said, with the latest celebrity on Facebook. So I think about the Britney Spears situation and how all of a sudden it seemed like some glory hogs, you know, rose up and acted like this is all they ever cared about, you know, jumping on the, Mm -hmm. riding the coattails of that situation. And it's a sad situation and it's not over yet, but, you know, I'm sure they were in the front of the protest, holding up the signs and acting like they care, Uh acting like they've been fighting for this all these years and definitely wanting to, you know, be, look like they're going to be the mover and shaker of the whole situation. Do you, have you, have you heard of anybody behaving this way lately, Marty? (laughs) Yep. Oh my goodness. Haven't we all? Really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, it just never and ends, does it, it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And no matter how much they get exposed and people catch on to what they're doing, they keep on doing it because nobody is as smart as they are. And if you question their credentials, they just they just fabricate some new ones. How dare mm-hmm. you question them? And the, the, the resume just is in flux all the time where they worked, yeah. who they worked for. You know, at one time I was God of the universe and, you know, and then I went on and, <laughs> you know, it just absolutely, yeah. it, and it's an embarrassment for all of us. 
it truly is. It's an embarrassment for all of us. But these people are out there, and um, they've made a name for themselves, but I don't think it's the name they were intending. So uh, <laughs> this is, I, I like this, you know, it. I don't know. We just have to keep rolling because um, yeah. it isn't something we do, and um, and I'm glad we don't. I would hate to be known for you know, that. And, uh, you know, one of the situations that I would actually say, it just kind of came to me, just like on the show, like we will have guests, and then the ambulance chaser glory hog will find the guest and somehow want to be the buddy of the guest. Yes. And they even badmouth me and you. I mean, that's a situation that happens. If I would yep. think of that as an example of an ambulance chaser right. glory hog. Because usually the yeah. people who are guests on our show have had a crisis, something bad and misfortunate yes. has happened to them, and that's why they're here. And then the glory hog is going to take advantage of this situation and, you know, hounds them day and night. Well, you got to work with me. You, you know, work something. With me. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, uh, what got me there for quite a long time, every time we came on air, whoever our guest was, the glory hog would send them an email and thank them. For, for being on this show, you don't have anything to do with our show, you know. I thanked them for mm-hmm. speaking out and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Just go away. Uh, you know what that I, is? That actually, is the, the glory hawk is trying to ride your coattails, Marty. Yes, I know. And uh, <laughs> as somebody said, it's a good thing I post show promos or some of these people wouldn't know what to do next. But anyway, yeah. um that is this week's hog report. And by the way, everyone, this has become the most popular popular segment on this show. <laughs> and the email just rolls in behind it. So, um, and it, it just, I think it's great. But anyway, cause this week. Is that six? That's six oinks I counted. I did six oinks. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> oh, there's some more. Nine. I need one more oink yeah. for a perfect ten. Well, give me okay. one more oink. There we go. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel so proud of you myself. Know, I got a perfect ten. There you go. And, you know, I had one person in all of this, one person that said, this is terrible that you, you know, you, you have this hog report in the middle of all these said, look, we've got to have some laughs. Um, you yeah, can't we do. be in this misery all the time. And it, and it is, uh, it is a case of yeah. misery every time we have someone on. Um, yeah. Tonight, our guest is Liz Rizzo. And as you recall, she was a... 30-plus-year partner to Rusty Warren, the comedian from the 1960s, 70s. And I say I remembered her immediately for her routine called Knockers Up. At the time, it was one of the most cutting-edge, hilarious things (laughs) that you ever heard. And she had one of those booming personalities. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I suspect in real life she was quite the lady, quite honestly. But on stage, she was this body, you know, go for the jugular, say whatever, If as long as you got a laugh out of it. That's what she was after. And she literally made fun of the uh, taboos of the time, you know, and how women were, you know, they, well, even back then, they'd have had us all in a hijab if they could have got away with it. 
And then there were the women who said, oh, hell no, and were out there strutting their stuff. And, of course, we've always demonized them, you know. But um, (laughs) like I say, and I was a young girl, and I remember this routine that comes up. It was just fantastic. Anyway, with that being said, please welcome our guest, Liz Rizzo. Liz, thanks for coming on. Hi there. Thank you for having me, Marty. Good to talk to you again. Hello. Yes. You too. Um, I felt so bad after Rusty passed, and I knew your grief had to just been terrible. And um, oh, so I tried to leave you alone. Yeah. And I tried to leave you alone. Yeah. And I appreciate you coming on because I really did want to do a follow up to this story um, of what happened. I, I know that I. As you know, I got threatened with a lawsuit behind the first interview. And like that was the first time I got that, you know. I got a stack of them sitting here. But anyway, um, this oh, this it couldn't have hit it at worst time. But on the other side, it, at least she's free. You know, I mean, you have to look at Absolutely. the upside of it. At least she's free. And, uh, you know, being being held basically captive and isolated from you and uh, with people that obviously really did not care about her. It had to have been just such a misery for Liz. What has happened since then? Well, two weeks after the show, Marty, um, I got a phone call from Barbara Burns. And my phone, of course, I blocked her, so it just went to my blocked voicemail. And Rusty passed away May 25th quietly in her sleep. Oh. So I I was thinking, you know, this this is the way it is. This is what she wanted, to die peacefully in her sleep. And I know that these people who had her, while they were not doing things in her best interest, this passing of Rusty was sort of a blessing, a mixed blessing for Rusty. She yes. no longer had to be subject. Because about two years ago when I had her, almost two years ago, she said, I may have dementia, and I may not have a good mind, but my ears still work, and I can hear people yes. talking about you. And so it, it really bothered her. And I did yeah. talk to Barbara after two years. We did speak, and I asked her, how did Rusty pass? And she said, quietly in her sleep. Was Rusty in any pain? The answer was, yes, she had ulcerated sores around her colostomy. She was uncomfortable. But she had 24-hour care. And that was the good thing. But what I did hear since then from several friends who had spoken to Miss Burns, Miss Barbara Burns, is that Barbara was going to drain Rusty's trust no matter what it took. So the cost the last oh. month was $28,000. $28,000 for what? Rusty's care. Yeah, 28 the month before was 25000 Well, Barbara kept going back to the lawyer. So there were lawyer charges for January, February, March at 5000 5000 and 5000 oh, wow. So, yeah, they continued to drain the trust and wanted to be sure that I got nothing. But the problem was they were taking it away from Rusty. It wasn't about me, but it was a vindictive, jealous act on the guardian's part. And so that was sad. Yeah. That was sad that Rusty had to end this way. But a kind of a twist of events happened. At the end, Barbara contacted the trustee and said, her lawyer did, the lawyer's that she would sign a paper letting, you know, she said, if you sign this paper, let me out of being guardian and 
and make it so that I don't have to do a court reporting. So Barbara got out of doing the court accounting, I guess they call it. And then afterwards, oh. I did some research. And, yeah, so she got to do all this bad stuff, and then the court didn't get to know about it. She didn't file rest of taxes for two years. Okay, so that's one thing. Oh. Then she sold, wow. a, she sold life insurance policy that was valued at $60,000. Of course, I was beneficiary, which is irrelevant, but, well, maybe it's not irrelevant. So Barbara got $650 yeah. for that policy. And then I talked to Barbara. So why did you do that? She said, it's a done deal. Don't worry about it. Those are her exact words. Done deal. Well, that was not so bad. I could dealt with that. But it caused Rusty to have to pay $30,000 in income tax penalty. So that was kind oh of a, a thing she didn't want. She didn't want the judge to know this. So, you know, it's just typical of this type of person that Barbara is and Tim and Gail. Um, and then I asked Barbara, I said, well, what about Rusty's belongings? I w- would like to have some of her belongings. And she said, there's nothing of value, everything else you stole. And I said, oh, my goodness, here we go again. So she didn't yeah. give back anything. Wow. Yeah, and then well. the icing on the cake was they, she wanted to keep Rusty's ashes. So I produced the will, and the will said Liz Rizzo gets to do the final remains, you know, to do whatever she wanted with them. Yes. And so I negotiated. I gave Barbara one-third of the ashes. Hopefully she got the middle finger and the, and the ass part. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You it's know, kind I got of a third. She got a third. To, to break she had up. to take oh her third. Gosh. Well, she didn't want to give him up. Well, she know, said Liz, Rusty was going to. Yes. Yeah. Well, this reminds me, her wanting the ashes. Why on earth uh-huh. would she want them? Except I think of April Parks in Nevada and Rebecca Furley mm-hmm. in Florida, who kept urns of ashes of people they had done in. Uh, Parks oh. kept them in a storage lockers where nobody could see them but her and Furley had them on lighted glass shelves in her office and to me and I've oh. said this many times I will say it again these are serial killers and these are trophies these are trophies like every oh, serial killer keeps trophies and why this right. woman would Barbara. have wanted her ashes is just giving yeah. me the creeps yeah it is creepy it is creepy and I have instructions because Rusty had a family plot, and she she and instructed me to put the ashes in her family plot and the rest in Hawaii, where we lived. But Barbara's taking her okay. third to either Maui. I don't know what she's doing with them. But um, she continued after Rusty's death to send nasty notes to the trustee and to evade her oh. responsibilities. So, you know, it, it, it just it didn't end. It's finally over now. Yeah. But I want people to know that a couple years ago I raised money on Facebook about $15,000 approximately, and it was supposed to go for Rusty's medical expenses. I had to turn it over to Barbara from the court. Well, instead of Barbara paying medical expenses, she gave money to the caregivers, took them out to dinner. So people should know that Barbara was not honest with that money, and she claimed I didn't give you, her all of it. Why would I had you to. have to? The court told me I had to. I had to, oh, I had to I give her that. Get rid of this court. And we have got my account. Yeah, these people, this just goes on and on. I wonder who Barbara's victim is next, or who Tim and Gail, who are their victims going to be next? Or are they, oh, yeah. Yeah. Are they victims now? another one. Yep. It's, yeah. You know, it, it's, a, it's a pattern. They say past behavior, yeah. uh, pre- whatever, predicts future Predi- behavior. Yes, it's precursor so right to now, future, I'm, yes. 
right. I'm glad to be done with Barbara Burns. And it's sad I never got to talk to Rusty, even though it was court-ordered. So the attorney, Stoltman, Stephanie Stoltman, was court-ordered. She would not do anything. Doug Newborn, the other attorney for Barbara, would not let me talk to Rusty. And then Barbara has the nerve to say, Rusty didn't want to talk to you. Well, come on. We know better. Uh-huh. You know, it's all, right. Yeah. I am going to release. I'm releasing the film I took of Rusty. I autographed. I autographed. I, I interviewed her. Good. Uh, good. When I had her. And I think had, you should. The good news, yeah. I'm going to. I'm, you know, these, I'm not through with these people yet. They, they may think it's over. Yeah. But, you know, these, these people and others like them need to be accountable. Mm-hmm. Totally need to be and they need to be exposed. So, exposed. Yeah, they need and to be exposed for what they're doing. Do Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know, I feel sorry for Barbara. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I feel sorry for these people because they don't have a life. They don't have a life of their own. You know, no. they have to, I don't know what, I can't even imagine it because I'm not like one it's of them. A, and, and to this day, Liz, go ahead. Sorry. Well, it's like their life doesn't mean anything unless they're engaged in something like this, that they're overpowering, overtaking someone, taking everything they have from them, including their name. Yeah, It's like life means nothing to them unless they can do this. Um, you know, right. they're finding a way to work out some problem they have in their own personality and life. And uh, other no, I, that I has so. Because otherwise, you couldn't do this. The normal person cannot do this, would not do this. Right. And and to keep me away from Rusty, when Barbara knew how much Rusty loved me, to keep me totally away and not be able to say goodbye to her or have any contact oh. was inhumane. I think it was inhumane. It was cruel. And it hurts. Yes. But what they say mm-hmm. about if it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. So um, I yeah. am stronger. And right now I have a plan. And my plan is Good. to honor Rusty. Well, I inherited all the music and all the rights to everything, and I'm going to re-distribute re, um, the music. It'll be on wow. uh, Pandora, Spotify. So that's, it's a work in progress. Okay. And then I have memorabilia of Rusty's that she autographed for me over the years. And I'm going to be uh, uh-huh. releasing some of that to the public. So RustyWarren.com wow. is where uh, people can reach me if they want you know, to discuss this. Uh-huh. But um, so I'm doing what I can. I'm trying to, you know, get some closure. And um, Marty, I don't know yeah. if you believe in the metaphysical, but about two days yes, before Rusty passed away, well, Rusty and I had this thing where we could communicate in our sleep to each other. This is we've had oh, this wow. for many years. So two nights uh-huh. before she passed, I was frustrated. I emailed Barbara several times. Please let me talk to her. I'd love to speak. I want to hear her voice. Please, you know, be kind. Nothing, nothing. My text fell on dead ears. So I went into my dreams, mm-hmm. and I, I was real as could be. I spoke to Rusty and said, if you're suffering, if you're not suffering, I, I'm good. Just, I love you. And so a day and a half later, I get this call, and that was it. So I don't, I don't know if that had anything wow. to do with it. Yeah. But uh, I gave her permission. Wow. So. Yeah. And sometimes they they need that. Uh, I've seen people hang on because they're the fear of them passing, uh, that it right. will, the grief it will cause in the family or to you know other people is um, will keep them hanging on. Uh, you know they don't want to cause that, and uh, sometimes right. they need permission you know from the people they love to let go, 
and and move right. on. And that's, I've that's I've seen happened. that. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that myself. That's just, and um, only did I see it once. Uh, Rusty's mother, when her Rusty's mother died, we she waited for me to get mm-hmm. back to the hospital, and yeah. then did the same. Wow. You know, passed away. Yeah. But I have one other thing that happened. I, There's a company that was what? caregiving Rusty, and they're called Senior Care Registry. They're in uh, Lake Forest, California. And my contact was Shauna, uh-huh. and I called her afterwards and said, Shauna, I'd love to know what were Rusty's last days like. What was the last year like? I just want some closure. And she was very nice at first. And she offered to give the caregivers my number. But then after contacting Barbara, she backed out and claimed, you know, she didn't have any responsibility to me. And I thought, wow, okay. You know, Barbara's continuing to put her foot in where it doesn't really belong and Mm -hmm. spread rumors. It's sad, but they will be exposed. I guarantee you that. (laughs) Thanks to you, for one. Yeah. 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 So, there's, um, well, and you know, like I say, these people, they're of a, a certain character or lack thereof. Um, and I've never seen this fail. These people that participate in this kind of human trafficking trade, and that's what it is, nothing was done for her benefit or to benefit her. And uh, it, it's all You're done right. because she... She had things they wanted, and this is Absolutely. to me no different, Liz, than them walking up to her with a gun and saying, "Give me what you got, or I'm going to do you in." Uh, to me, it's no right. different. This is armed robbery. This is armed robbery. But right. this is being done with the sanction of these probate courts, and probate should not become active while a person is living. This is only supposed to become active. When the person passes, and then the, what the mm-hmm. court has to decide, the tribunal, it actually is a tribunal, what they have to decide is, is it intestate or testate, meaning with or without a, a will. And at that point, right. once that is determined, then they, uh, their only job is to make sure it's distributed, the property, if there is any, to the heirs. That there is nothing, right. and you can thank the bar associations for this because they're the ones that jacked this all up. Um, but this thing of, uh, well, we, we decided the will meant something else. Uh, they meant something yeah, absolutely. else. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I get just, it. You know, some of these instruments have been in place for some of these families for 15, 20 years, and somehow the judge is clairvoyant and just knows that back when they set up this thing, this isn't what they really meant. What they really meant mm-hmm. was this. And, um, well, like mm-hmm. in Kaz's case. Um, when her yeah. uncle died, a $22 million art collection that was left to her and her sister got given to charity in the no. state because that, the judge decided, what, is that wrong? No, that's the Barnes Foundation. That was like a $22 billion okay. art collection. Yeah, that that oh. was, um, but yeah, they did do it. That was about a $5 million estate that they gave to charity okay. for Harvey. But what they did, it was yeah. called the Barnes Collection that was supposed to go stay, like, in this collection. And the and it was actually Judge Ott, the same judge, reinterpreted the will that he really meant to leave it to the state of Pennsylvania. And then yeah. the state of Pennsylvania got a big grant and built a big museum. And, it, yeah, it's about a $22 billion, with a B, billion-dollar art collection. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jamie same Christmas. judge. But, yeah, yeah, Judge Ott's yeah. in there. Um, but you know, she is, do, but we, we need to we need wills. to get rid of these 
Yeah, we need to, to to get rid of these probate tribunals. And have they fought you, Liz, at all? Like, you know, you said you had memorabilia and you had this and that. I'm surprised they didn't take a contract out on you to get that. Well, they tried to do it. They accused me of stealing things. You you can't steal something that somebody gave you. You know, I, I'm, you know she says I stole it. I donated most of the memorabilia to the Library of Congress and to a museum and to several other museums around the country. So what I have is uh-huh. what I personally own. So, you know, but I still have some beautiful things. And, yeah, they tried to say I stole it. She didn't mean to give it to me. She promised it to them. I mean, it was just the list went wow. on. And, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's over, yes, for them. Hopefully they'll leave me alone uh, because if they come yeah. after me, um, they're going to be in for a big surprise. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't, well, I don't we'll be blowing that up. And, yeah. Right. But, the, but the, thing, the thing is, you know, I think Barbara, hopefully she's got her tail between her legs and she should be ashamed of what she did to her friend, you know, kicking her out yeah. and then taking me to court to get her back. So that was bad enough. Jeez, I mean, having these people kidnap her. Go, yeah. Go, go yeah. through that, Liz, to remind everybody of what happened there. Well, I heard kicking two her years out. ago. Yeah. Right. She kicked Rusty out of the house. She said, I can't care for her anymore. She, Rusty was in the hospital. She had blood, well, she had blood clot in her lungs. And the doctor called me and said, she's going to die overnight. She's going to die. I said, I can't get there fast enough. He said, there's nothing you can do. Well, Rusty lived, obviously. And um, Barbara and I worked out the details. Barbara was very clear. She could not care for her. The best place for her to be was with me, maybe go to Arizona. And I agreed to take uh-huh. her, gladly take her. When I picked her up, she was in such bad shape physically. I could not believe it. I called Barbara and said, oh, why wow. didn't you tell me? Her memory was shot. Her body was just frail and fragile. And they tried to pin that on me when they did the fake retraining oh. order, which later we uh-huh. went to court. We went to court like 10 times. They, uh, the caregiver, Tim and Gail, remember Tim and Gail, they were taking care of Rusty. Yes. Uh, admitted that Barbara uh-huh. told them to make up a restraining order, keep me away. Well, they did. They made it up. They made up the date. I wasn't even with Rusty. Rusty was living with Barbara. So they did that to keep me away, and it got dropped. It, it, ne- it was never heard in court. I wanted it to be heard in court, and they didn't. They got away with it. Like, you make up something fake, you ruin people's lives, and you get to walk away. But, you know, I just wow. feel bad because these people have to, they have to live with themselves. So basically, Barbara kicks Rusty out. I take Rusty with me, and Rusty's frantic. She says she wanted to go back home in California, and rightfully so. Uh-huh. You can't just kick someone out. Aren't there laws about landlord-tenant, first of all? And just beyond uh, that, I don't, laws about, yeah. you know, a sick person in the hospital being yeah. kicked out. And then I pick up the pieces, and they make it out like I'm the bad guy. You know, like I'm stealing <laughs> What a surprise. Everything. My name was on yeah. everything. My name was on all Rusty's accounts prior to this for 40 years. I didn't steal yeah. anything you know, that wasn't mine, and they yeah, tried to no make kidding. it. And, and you, know, the, you know what makes it worse is Barbara telling my friends who have since called me that I was entitled to nothing, and I was getting nothing. She was going to burn through the money, and I, what a terrible person I was. And my friends were like, wait a minute. This isn't the Liz I knew. So Barbara continued yeah. to spread this this. this ugliness and I really I pray for her I really pray for that woman because can't imagine what's going on in her head but she apparently needed to do that for some reason but 
you know, I well, feel she, bad. You know, I think that's Liz. You know, that sounds like a classic case of what they call transference, um, where Absolutely. you someone will take their something terrible they're doing or some, uh, you know, part of their personality that even they find repugnant, and they transfer that to someone else and talk about them when, in fact, they're actually talking about themselves. You know? Absolutely, and Barb is a therapist on top of it. I can't even imagine her clients wanting to be clients of hers. Oh. Because you know what? No. This is an indicator of what kind of person she is. Prior to being with, living with Rusty, Barbara had a, a partner, a girlfriend, who left her, walked out on her when she was in rehab for three months. Barbara was in rehab three months. She came home to an empty house. And I wonder, what happened? And I asked Barbara years ago, and she went into this rage. She just changed from this calm, cool, and she wouldn't answer me. She said, I can't talk about it. I thought, whoa, that's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say it's a two-way street, but when somebody walks out on you, there's got to be a pretty darn good reason. Yeah. And I think it's because of maybe controlling life. Yeah, there may be more wrong there than what you suspect. You know, you just don't know what these people... I don't know. Right. I don't know. But I do know what I I saw when I was watching Rusty live with Barbara. Barbara was verbally abusing her. I I heard them on the phone. When Rusty would call me and she'd hang up the phone and I'd hear Barbara yelling at her. I told you, how many times do I have to repeat myself? Now, Rusty has dementia. You do not talk to a dementia person like that. And I'd call Barbara yeah. back and she'd say, mind your business. You know, it's not my responsibility to take care of Rusty. She's, she's a grown woman. I said, she's got dementia. She needs a reminder to put her oxygen on. And I think that yeah. the dementia, I don't, I'm not a doctor, but her dementia progressed so badly because she was without oxygen, without air conditioning, without heat in that house. Until I stepped in and oh got protective God. services. Yeah, when I first met Barbara and stayed with them, it was 100 degrees out and there was no air conditioning. And Barbara didn't want to turn it on. Oh. She did not want to turn it on. Oh. She said, I haven't turned it on in two years. Yeah, this is bad. And then in court, she denies it. And here I am with the Kaiser Permanente records where they set protective services out on Barbara. But uh, Barbara said she was a therapist. And that made everything okay. Oh, <laughs> That's oh. Mm. I didn't know. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah, it was bad. This went on for yeah almost a couple of years, till the last time yeah. before Rusty got sick, I contacted Barbara and said because I went to see Rusty. She was very ill. She wouldn't let me take her to the hospital. She wouldn't let me call the ambulance. She said I'm fine. I'm fine. So I thought, well, I'll call Barbara and maybe she'll get her to Kaiser. And they yelled at me on the phone, mind my business. And then three days later, Rusty passes out, and the rest is oh, history. Wow. Shamey Christmas. Like I say, Liz, yeah. you have to try to find a, a, you know, a bright spot in this. At least she's free from this. Um, I know my Absolutely. own sister passed a couple years ago at the hands of hospice, but she had dementia. And when it first started and as it progressed, she was aware of it. She was aware that something was wrong. And right. I remember at one point about two or three months before she passed away, in one of her lucid moments, she said, I don't know me anymore. And that has yep, always I get stuck it. in my mind. I don't know me it, anymore. Hard, and hard. Yeah. At least she knew it. And yeah. Rusty knew it, too. I, I recorded Rusty, yeah. interviewed her. And she said, 
my mind is going. I feel it. I don't know. I, like your sister, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know who I yeah. am. I don't know how to stop it. And it was heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. And I imagine Barbara had to be with her. Well, she was with her the last year with, of course, 24 hour yeah. caregivers. And, you know, I don't, and I heard Barbara went out to lunch and got to do her thing while Rusty was home with the caregivers, you know, which is fine, uh-huh. I suppose, you know, but yeah, it, it had to be rough on Barbara and everyone around Rusty to see her decline because she was vibrant. Yes. She was funny. And, mm-hmm. you know, the caregivers were supposed to contact me and uh, they haven't. And I, I feel sad about that. And I, you know, essentially, Rusty and I paid the bills. I think we're entitled to know some information. Yeah. But um, yeah, yes. dementia is hard. It's it's a hard thing. And mm-hmm. uh, anyway, and you know, like just... you said, it's over. I have I found my peace. You know, I've got my Good. memories of Rusty. In fact, I was on the radio yesterday with uh, AJ Dean and Ninon Speaks talking about Rusty's uh-huh. career and my association, and it was really nice. It was beautiful. Good, Aww. good. good. Rusty was, that's, yeah. that's good. She was a good person. She was loyal to me till the end. Even though she couldn't be with me physically, I know she was with me in spirit. Somehow. Yes, yes. Well, and it's yeah. probably and, and what sustained part, her. That connection, I Liz, so. is probably because I think that would be. Uh, I go back again to my sister. Um, even right up to four days before she passed, she would have moments and. She would call me by name. She always called me Petunia. I don't know why. Uh-huh. And she said, Petunia, what's happening to me? What's happening to me? I, I don't know, Lois. Yes. I don't know, you know. And she said, uh-huh. she said everything's slipping away. She said, I try hard to remember, and I can't. And she said, but I always remember your face. And I said, oh, God. Right. You know, it, I get that. That's what they do. That's, that's why I don't believe that Barbara said Rusty never asked for me. She was calling for me every night at the care home. She was calling for me, you know. So Barbara has to live with that lie on her head and manipulation. This is what guardians do. They manipulate these people. Your your family doesn't want you anymore. They're not coming back for you. You know, and of course Rusty's going to say, oh, I don't want to talk to her. Yeah, so I, you know, I've let go of that. They call that that trauma-based bonding. Oh, uh, absolutely. and, uh, it was like yeah, that, you know. You call it, you call it that trauma-based bonding, and I say that this happened before the guardianship. This happened when Rusty was living at Barbara's. Barbara would do the silent treatment. Rusty would talk to me on the side and say, "Barbara, she won't talk to me for two or three days. It's torture." Oh wow! And I talked to Barbara and say, "What are you doing? Rusty's she's getting dementia. You've got to be kinder to her." Oh well, she doesn't have to yes. be here. You know, it was always this negative, nasty, and I. I just want to go take a shower every time I mention her name. Yeah. Barbara Burns, I want to take a yeah. shower. Oh, <laughs> it's just, and, I and understand. It's, the world is full of those people, but I choose yeah. the, light, the light and the goodness, and I'm going to honor Rusty, and we're doing some great things with her material, and the rest of the people out there who, who experience this, I just say, you know, just hang in there. Hang in there, do yeah. the best you can. Yeah. So well, and that's over, just, but, and then doing doing all these positive things to have her remembered. You know, um, I think one of the worst things that happens in many of these cases is when the person passes. Um, 
the remembrance of them passes also. And I think that happens in too many cases. I think partly because of the grief of the family or those associated, you know, they just can't take it. And I, you know, as many of these cases as I've dealt with, Liz, um, I know what it does to me hearing these stories. Um, You know, it, it just torments me. I can't imagine actually being in that situation. I came close to it with my sister, but it was short-lived. And uh, right. these people that, you know, just like you, where this went on for years, how you endured, how yeah. you held yourself together behind all of this when you're faced with this massive corruption with these people that absolutely have no conscience about what they're doing that are driven by greed and just the sense of empowerment over someone else, I think that's a big part of it, is that sense of power that they have basically enslaved on a certain level. Another, They own them. They can do whatever they want with them, and you can't do a damn thing to help them. And, um, no, I couldn't. I think I these tried, people get I off on it. Calling. Yeah, they get off on it. Barbara gets off on the power chair. Yeah. I've known Barbara for a few, well, about three years. And, you know, it's, it's sad. It's sad. And I would talk to Rusty and say, look, let's just go home. Let's go back home. No, no. She said, I, I, I want to stay here. You know, Barbara, Barbara, I want Barbara to take care of me. I need a caregiver. I said, she's not caregiving you. She's leaving you home alone all day with no food. Yeah. You know, so we, we went through this. Yeah. But you know what? I have no answers. All I know is what I'm going to be doing for myself and to honor yeah. Rusty, and there's going to be, um, I'm going back to the old house where we lived. They're going to let me sprinkle some ashes there where we lived in Arizona. Oh. And, and, then, and then in oh, Boston nice. at her parents' grave site. So, yeah, I promised her I'd put her with her parents. And right now they're, um, what are they, engraving the gravestone. So she's, she bought the gravestone. Okay. Her and I went there 40 years ago. We bought the gravestone. Now we're engraving it. And it, I think when that happens, I'll feel it. I'll feel it like it's, yeah. it's real. It doesn't seem real. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I did, I did hear her voice, Rusty's voice, about eight months ago. A friend called uh-huh. and, put me, and put me on the line with, with Rusty. So I heard her, and her mind was already gone. She couldn't put two sentences uh-huh. together. And, but I did get yeah. I did record it. You know, there were two of us willing. Okay, so it was legal. And to hear her like that, just I wanted to hug her. I wanted to hold her. Yes. And tell her it was going to be okay, and I couldn't. I couldn't. So yeah. yeah, it's been it's been a challenge for me because you know I, of course, I like to have things go my way. I think we all do, but in this case, I wanted yes. Rusty just to be happy. And if I had to give her yeah. up, to, I had to. I had no choice. And, but these people who've done this, yeah. you know, I, I know they're hearing this because your show goes uh, viral. <laughs> I want them yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, it does. You know, they got to stop this. Yeah. They've got to stop this. Someday somebody's going to come after them. And, and then I don't, I'm, yeah. it's not a threat, not me personally, but somebody out there is going to resonate yeah. with them. And, you know, you, you hear crazy things happening. And I would not yeah. want to be at the receiving end of a crazy person. <laughs> so, no. Like the movie, well, you know, I this, care a lot, the ending. Yeah. The, what, and that's what movie the thing. Was it? It's these people that do this, uh, that movie, I Care A Lot, that was on Netflix. And um, oh, yeah. it was about these guardianships. And it struck home, boy, I mean, big time. And then right behind mm-hmm. it, this Britney Spears thing came out. But these people that do this, 
as as a way of making and I don't think it's about making a living like I say it's about the things we've talked about this sense of empowerment the sense of greed um, of getting away with this horrendous insidious thing that they're doing and you can't stop them and these people never stop to think it could happen to them somewhere down the line after all they sold like with Rebecca Furley there in Florida a multi-millionaire in 2007, she was totally bankrupt, which should have precluded her from being a guardian in Florida. 2010, right. all she's done is be a guardian. She's a multimillionaire with several luxury homes and cars. And all she's done, like I say, is guardianship. And they've, I think, are going to, it looks like they're going to prosecute her for premeditated murder. And um, Wow. But... You know, it, even it, with that aside, she liked to to brag about what all she had, what a, you know, how wealthy mm-hmm. she was, and everything. And these people never stop to think; they've just made a target out of themselves. Because eventually, some years might pass, and maybe mm-hmm. even not that long, and somebody's going to look at them mm-hmm. and think, "Geez, I'd like to have everything she's got. I think I'll just go and take it, but I'm going to nail her first. And well, you know, but, you know, that's they, funny because yeah, that happens. <laughs> Yes, it's not funny, yeah. but it know, does. Barbara Burns has no family. So Barbara Burns is in the same position that Rusty was in. They said she has no family. Barbara Burns has money. So she's a target for people out there. Yes. And Barbara Burns mm-hmm. is in her yeah. early 80s. I mean, but, you know, it's sort oh, of yeah. like you live by the sword, you die by the sword. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there you go. We, yeah. we always said, you know, with Harvey, it would be one thing, like, if you steal the money, whatever, steal the money. But take good care of him. But, you know, they couldn't yeah. even do that. they steal the money. And I still remember sitting in court, and I have the court documents, and these holes should be ashamed. Um, one attorney yeah. said, so the Wittens were always concerned about that Harvey didn't have his dentures, his eyeglasses, or his hearing aids. But you, Miss Deb Clock, were more concerned with the more important things. And, oh, yep, yep, I was. I don't know. What's more important than having your eyes, ears, and yeah. your teeth? I would like to know. Yeah. But yeah, there's right. something that's more important, according to Diane Zabowski and Deb Clock, and I have the I have the court record with them saying all this. So, and wow. Judge, uh, yeah. yep, well, these, these, are, these, are the, these are the guardians that should be in charge of Harvey. When they're saying stuff like that. Well, but, they're, but, like, the stupid family is more concerned about, you know, Teeth, hearing yeah. aids, and glasses, right. and they, right. and they, well, they did that from him. Same thing. Liz, yeah. do you know who Lisa Belanger is? She's no, from, I don't. Uh, out in Massachusetts, and she's an appellate attorney. Her father was an attorney, and he had his estate all planned out. And when he retired, his own attorney went through the process and had him guardianized. And over eight years, they stole mm-hmm. about an eight million dollar estate. And they oh, held this man captive in his own house, forcefully drugged him. His daughters could not see him. And Lisa fought like a – I'm telling you, this woman put up a battle you would not have believed. They're trying to <clears throat> sanction her now, if not disbar her, for fighting the bar board of overseers, three of which were the wow. people who raided the estate. And But I will never forget – and honestly, behind this, I broke down in tears – there was a video of her in front of the Massachusetts Supreme Court, 
and the guardian is standing over there saying, Your Honor, she's costing the estate money. She's costing the estate. And she said, I'm not getting a dime. You are. And she says, yep, well, you're right. costing the estate money. Fighting us. Fighting us. You're costing the estate money. And Lisa argued for a few more minutes, and all of a sudden, it, it was like tears just ran down her face. And she, she literally said, keep the effing money. Just give me back my father. And they still yes, ruled exactly. against her. I, I know how she feels. I know how she feels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They went through almost $300,000 of Rusty's money from our, our estate, Rusty and my estate, but mainly Rusty because wow. they were doing it to her. And, and they have, and every time Barbara could have picked up the phone to call, call or talk, she had to go through the attorney. They wanted to drain it. And it's, it's right. The, the attorney yeah. made out. I would have given them everything to have one moment to hear her voice and to touch her, hug yeah. her. You know, and I never got that. Yeah. And, and, you know, and even to this day, though, they're probably saying, oh, Liz, Liz got this or Liz got that. You know what? It isn't about that. It isn't about that. It's like right. you said, just have your loved one is, yeah. you know, but you have memories. Those can never be taken away from you. Those memories, those no. amazing, yeah. no. you know, I have photos, videos. But Liz, of my life think about this. What you think yeah. about what you just said. You know, Liz got this and Liz got that. It for them it was never about Rusty. It's what you got that they no, wanted. You she got absolutely. this, she got that, one. And everything. That's yes. Right. It was one. never about Rusty. Said, we want your right. That's what it was never about Rusty. Exactly. Cuz when Barbara yeah. did get guardianship, I oh she put on the biggest performance for the judge. I can't wait to take Rusty home to California. Well, nine months later, I get her back in court saying, why did you bring her back to the people who abused her down in Green Valley, Tim and Gail? Why is she still back there? Well, she's back there because you didn't give us any more money. Oh, bullshit. You know, is that legal on the radio? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Barbara right. put, her back with, you know, put her back with the people who hurt her, you know, and, they, and those um, are the people yeah. that tried to sue you, you know. And I say, well, yep. it was never, never about Rusty. Because Barbara didn't want Rusty. And then she brings her home and gets 24-hour care. She never wanted to care for Rusty. Like she told the lawyer, oh, I'll be caring for her and we'll take shifts. Oh, it's, it's going to be like, you know, roses and butterflies. And it wasn't. At least it wasn't wow. for Rusty because she was traumatized. Yeah. Repeatedly traumatized by Barbara, by Tim and Gail. You know, Barbara could have... Barbara lived five hours from Tim and Gail, and when she got Rusty, they were debating on whether to take her in the car, take her home in the car. Well, instead of doing that, Barbara hires a $9,000 ambulance and puts Rusty in the back, and I'm sure Rusty freaked out to be driving in an ambulance. Yeah. Where am I going? So nobody, nobody with her that knew her. So Barbara just continued to traumatize her, and Rusty was a burden to Barbara. This, these were Barbara's oh, wow. own words to me years ago. I'm tired of caregiving, Rusty. Can you please help me out with this? I said, of course I'll help you. Yeah. One day she says this, the next day she says, I'm kicking you out of my house because I stayed with them a lot. So Rusty yeah. was Barbara's friend, and Barbara did not want to care give, but Barbara wanted to hurt me. That's all she wanted to do was hurt me and take what um, Rusty had away from her. I will never back down from that, and I have proof. Um, anything I say can be proven. <laughs> Hopefully not. Wow. Before. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, You know, it's sad, and hopefully this will help somebody out there, you know, to plan ahead of time. First of all, don't tell people what you have. 
secondly, make sure everything's no. in writing, even videotape. Video yourself. You know, I, I went to the yep. court with the judge, the last judge, and gave him the videos of Rusty, saying, I want to be with Liz and Richard. That's where I want to be. I love them. But the first two judges, they don't care. They didn't care. Now, they wanted the case over that day so they can go home and have lunch with their family. Yeah. So, anyway. Do you think, yep. do you think the judges were getting a kickback to not rule in your favor? I mean, because I just, I would just want to know how they look at, watch all this stuff, and then they rule differently. I, let me intervene here for a second. Every probate, and they are not judges. They are hearing examiners right. or ministerial clerks. And these are tribunals, not courts of law. They don't deal with law. They deal with statute and code created by the Bar Association and the Guardianship Associations. And so, um, but if, if you're out east, it's 2 to 3% of the estate is paid to the hearing examiner every time a motion is brought into that room, that tribunal. As you move west and get to California, it's 5 to 6% that they get of the value of the current value of the estate for every motion they hear. And that's why they will let people file into these cases and then when they come in the room, say, we're dismissing this, we're not going to hear this, uh, you know, you have no standing, you have this, you don't have that. But they have no intention of hearing what you have to say, but it, they collect a fee from the estate for doing it, for, for allowing that mm. motion to go forward to where they are in the room. And at that point, they get to collect and uh, wow. but so they're making money. So every time the more uh, the complex a case becomes, as long as it's the guardian and the attorneys on their side, uh, you know, the more valuable it is to that hearing examiner. I attended one. I will never get one of the first ones I ever attended as a court watcher in, in Minnesota. And a man had passed away. He'd left a will. Everything was laid out. But the day the will was to be probated, there were 16, count them, 16 attorneys lined up down the wall to file into that case, every one of them capping the estate for fees. Um, it didn't even have anything to do with it. and uh, But they all got heard and all collected their money. And that was the first big shocker I got in all of this. Yes, yes. And for each one of those 16 attorneys, that hearing examiner collected a fee. So, I don't know. It just, um, I wrote a bill up there in Minnesota um, that, uh-huh. to abolish probate. And I had this one staffer from a state senator's office say to me, probate saves the state of million, uh, millions of dollars every year. I said, you're a liar. It doesn't save you any money at all. You get money from Title 20 out of Social Security and a block grant. You're making millions of dollars. I said, these courts, I said, are nothing but but uh, law-sanctioned theft. You're getting a cut of the estate. I said, they don't save you money. They make you money. That's why you don't want, well, we're never going to accept a bill like this. No, I'm sure you're not. And uh, mm-hmm. But I put it in anyway. And, um, Good for you. But it's just, yeah, uh, it's just... Uh, you know this this idea of, of these people totally ignore the grief they are suffering. So many people, including the victim, the the grief, the misery, the psychological torture that families go through, you know, friends go through when somebody gets captured in this system. 
because they are basically a prisoner. And only prisoners, actual prisoners, get treated far better. And um, But it, there's no consideration for that. It, it's like in these people's mind, minds, it never occurs to them that they should be concerned about the pain and suffering they're causing other people. They don't care. They do not You're care. Right. And no. I think they no. present a danger to the public, and they should be removed from the public before they harm themselves or someone else. I truly believe that. They are a danger oh, yeah. to all of us. These are predators. You are and I, a lot of people have this sense that, that because it doesn't involve sex, then it isn't trafficking. Of course it is. It's trafficking human beings so that you can profit. You're buying, selling, and trading them. You're holding them prisoner. You're torturing mm-hmm. them psychologically, many times physically. What part of this isn't trafficking? They can't get up and go home. I think that makes them a prisoner. And you're right. The, the, this is it's, the you're right. It's yeah. terrible. terrible. It is. It is. So, what are your what are your plans for the future here, Liz? What do you you know, well, I'm living with my husband. You know, I'm, I was basically forced yeah. to sell my home. Um, I, I oh, willingly wow. did it because Rusty needed the money, so we sold the home. Uh, they didn't count on Rusty passing two months later. But my plans for the future are to be happy, to try to honor Rusty, live with my husband. I have an amazing husband, Richard. Shout out to Richard. Um, and All right. kind of enjoy life and stay away from bad people and wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. No, I don't wear a mask. No, I refuse. I, do. I refuse. I will not. Well, no, no. He's no. having heart issues. He's having heart surgery. So yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to keep him away from colds and flus. And but we're doing well, yeah. and we're living here and living out our life as best we can. And um, I'm distributing what I have of Rusty's memorabilia, like I said, and, and honoring her. And um, that's it. And. Nice. Talking to people about this topic, and I appreciate you having me back on the show. You, I'm so proud yeah. of you for what you've done. I am so oh, well, thank grateful you. to you. I really well, am. Thank and, you. And to your guest, I really am. So if there's anything yes. I can do for you, I'm here. So, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And because uh, she's the same way, you know, I don't know what I'd do without her. <laughs> I really don't. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, she's hey, been Marty such a help to me for a couple of years. Yeah, I think of you as my BFF, Marty and I. Best yeah. friends ever. We we yeah. talk on the phone, like or text each other. Pretty, I mean, all week long. Even if we don't do a show yeah. during the week, we are just always keeping in touch. I send her all the pictures of my cakes that I do for her critique because Marty is an artist. And yeah, this has been. If there's a positive in, like, you know, because we've experienced these like terrible crimes against us, against our loved ones. And yet there is like a silver lining and the people that I've met, I've yes. met so many amazing yes. people. And then in, including that I need to do a shout out to Austin Gibson. It is her birthday today. She has oh, been a guest birthday, several times. Yeah. I hope she's yeah. listening. Um, she yeah. has been, she has been a guest numerous, numerous times. And she also is a victim mm-hmm. of the atholes of Montgomery County, which as, um, our family is as well, and she has just become just one of my dearest friends. And we, I think we were talking on the phone, was it last week? I think we were chatting, and we do. We stay in touch, and and uh, we've met in person several times. So 
it's just something. But I, I, I got an idea as I was listening to this whole story. Um, Liz, have you ever thought, so they didn't file the taxes, so the money got spent, yes. but the IRS wants their money. Now, how did yes. they, wasn't it, Marty, when they took down Jimmy Hoffa, wasn't it that they had to get him on taxes? That's how they yes. got him. It's something that the IRS. Yeah. So mm. I feel that that is, that might be something that you can try and file. And I know that you can file, it's an IRS whistleblower form, and um, okay. it's pretty easy. I've done it before. And you just go to the IRS website, you're protected under whistleblower laws, and you just basically, you know, put some evidence into into the, the you know, the website or the docket. And the fact that the taxes haven't weren't paid for two years and yet they paid themselves, that sounds like it could be some uh-huh. fraud going on that the yes, IRS might need yes. to investigate. And oh, so yeah. as, as I was hearing... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I they they defrauded the government of the money and paid it to themselves. Right. The IRS needs to hear about this. It is your it is your duty yeah. as a U.S. citizen to turn them in. So I, I think that's a good idea, Liz. So there's <laughs> yeah. here's my idea. There's my idea for you. I'm your new BFF. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I want to give a shout out because I have people. Uh, let's see, Alan Velada is listening to the show right now, and my friend Luann, the trustee, and okay. uh, this, I tried to publicize your show. When you're, we're done with this, oh, I want to put a link on Rusty's Facebook, and I don't. I'm doing what I can, but I yes, thank you for the All IRS right. information. Yeah, yes, I think you. Thank you. Me. I thought, oh, yes, yes, see. Yeah. <laughs> She's more than cakes so and smart. cinnamon rolls, which I still haven't gotten my cinnamon roll. But anyway, <laughs> oh, that aside. My freezer's got I fixed, guess. so I'm going to get my my oh, cinnamon yeah. rolls back up and getting our shipping going. Oh, and I didn't even tell you this, Marty, but I'm going to be on the radio tomorrow, local, and I'll have Where? a link to share in Madison. All right. And it's AM right. and FM, and then it will be on a podcast. And All right. I also I – also, um, talked about our YouTube channel. So maybe yeah. something more exciting will happen. So Maybe. But I was like, oh, All my right. gosh, AM and FM radio, I'm going to be on. Yeah, so there I'll you go. share the link. And Marty has trained me well. And <laughs> yeah, I'll, there, I'll run my there, mouth. Yeah, like, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, nothing back. Uh, I think we pretty well <laughs> covered everything we wanted to here tonight. Liz, I wanted to... Thank you for coming back on again. Like I say, I tried to leave you alone because I knew the grief had to be horrendous. And um, I'm glad to hear you sound sound better. You you do. And I know it takes time. Yeah, it it takes time. You'll get there. I will. I mean, I have my moments of tears, but, you know, I I do what Rusty said. Rusty always said, you've got to go with the flow. You just got to go with the flow. There you go. Yeah, there well, you thank are. Thank you so much, both uh, of the ladies. Thank you. Yes. Well, thanks for coming on, Kaz. Thank you, as always, for being here. And we will be back. Oh, I believe Tanya you. is going to be back Sunday night. Uh, she's been out with surgery. She does our, our those shows Sunday nights and Tuesday nights. Next Wednesday night, Marcia Southwick and I are going to be talking more about the body brokers. And we're also going to be oh. talking about... 
what guardianship, conservatorship actually was, how it started, it never was a noble cause. It has always been a, a system of thievery and human trafficking. It always has been, but they couch it up in real nice flowery words. Anyway, so I hope you'll tune in for that. And then, of course, Thursday night, the Whistleblower Show. And by the way, if you all didn't catch that show last night with Karen Stewart, that NSA whistleblower, go listen to it. That thing blew the lid off of everything. And uh, it's still rolling today, <laughs> kind of like the first show we did with you, Liz. And uh, so you. get out there and listen to that. If you have time, we'll pass this one around too. Everybody, have a good evening. Again, thank you for being here. I truly appreciate it. So does Cause. And we'll have another thank hog you. report for you next week. Aloha. <laughs> we'll be talking to you all later. All right. And good night, everyone. Aloha. Good night. Good night.